You know, so much of what we've been taught about how to deal with things that really hurt us, about having this this patience, this sabr, are not entirely true. I mean, yes, we should definitely think well of a lot and wait for through things and wade through the waters that are rough in times that are difficult. But it was never meant to be that we're just dying as martyrs. We're just suffering endlessly while other people live well, sometimes at our expense as women. It was never meant to be that we are suffering and just keeping silent. It was never meant to be that way. And while being patient and bearing down is great, sometimes taking an honest look inside ourselves, inside our lives and our habits, it can be so difficult. But that's the only way we can free ourselves from this fire that lives within us, this challenge that we have. In fact, many of us live our entire lives completely in chains just because we're, we're, we're scared of making that next move. And so we continue to live. We hide not only from others, but even from ourselves. And we just need so much healing from these toxic relationships, difficult circumstances, and yet we don't know how to make the next move. And so today we're going to give you a little bit of light on how you can manage the struggle, the difficulties, whether it's a trust issue with a spouse or some type of harm that has come to you before where you're feeling like you're just trying to be patient, but it just feels so awful. Let's talk about it. Let's go. Assalamu alaikum. Just before we get started with the podcast, just want to give a shout out to all you new ladies on the podcast. Welcome, welcome. Glad to have you in the family with us. I think you're going to love it. And don't forget to send me DMs at Mindful Muslim on any other podcast suggestions you have. And for our old time sisters that are here and just our loyal listeners, so excited to be back with you again this week. Inshallah. And just want to give you a quick reminder that this week is the week for registration open for the Marriage Boost Challenge. We're going to be going from feeling like we don't get guys, can't get them to listen to us, don't feel fulfilled, and just really wish we had deeper, more intimate connections with our spouse. Um, whether you're unmarried, married, or divorced, this is for you. And really, really understanding guys and how to have a truly beautiful marriage by the Quran and Sunnah. We're going to explain it all. See you inside. Links are below. A lot of people think that being patient, being a good Muslim, means not showing how much things are hurting you. Staying quiet without complaining and just pushing through, drudging through, and just doing it because that's what you're supposed to do as a woman. But that couldn't be farther from the truth. You know, sometimes there are people in our communities that when we see one person, you know, struggling with the challenge, we praise them for how they've stood by that toxic spouse this whole time and how they've they've stood without and did it for the sake of the kids and that was never meant to be the life that we lived even with the islam there are boundaries unfortunately many of our cultures they've let go of those boundaries 
they've created their own boundaries, ones that serve themselves and don't serve women. Now, the beautiful thing about the Prophet, peace be upon him, when he came with the message of Islam given to him to the angel of Jibreel, is that it came to free women. And in fact, while we sometimes romanticize about the freedom of women in non-Muslim areas of the world that look like they're living a life of freedom, we often can look deep into our history and deep into their history and see that we were given so many rights as women way before they were. But it doesn't always feel that way. It can feel like, in fact, we're smothered, we're suffering, we're stuck inside our homes. And when we're saying anything about it, it feels like no one's listening or we're a quote-unquote bad person for mentioning. Now, alhamdulillah, well, sometimes, you know, we believe that we have to be the sacrificial person, the unselfish person that has to be putting up with things. And our children, you know, they watch us as women staying. But all the evidence in psychology show that children suffer more when they grow up in situations where they have parents who have toxic relationships or abusive situations. And sadly, these children end up going into marriages themselves. So I want you to think right now as a woman, if you have a challenge in your marriage, if you are married or maybe you're divorced, and you are thinking about marrying again, but don't want to repeat certain patterns. Or maybe you're not married at all, and you just want to understand how to avoid what we all fear will happen in a marriage. Well, the only way is to understand what is the better way, right? What does Islam actually say? Now, children do not grow up healthy just because their parents stayed together. That is an untruth, right? Children stay miserable or abused and they watch their parents or their mom sometimes suffer through abusive relationships. And while the focus of today is not abuse, it's not really toxicity. It's more about you and your journey of pain and how we have to learn that sabr doesn't mean not reaching out for help and suffering silently. That is not what the Quran and Sunnah are telling us to do. And there is no blame if you decide to seek help. And it's important that we understand that staying in difficult situations when we're sad is only oppressive. And we know this from Sahih Muslim when we're supposed to open our mouth and try. Whoever, if you see an evil, let him change it with his hand. And if he's not able to do so, let him change it with his tongue. And if he's not able to do so, with his heart. And that is the weakest of faith, Sahih Muslim. So whether it's an unjust thing that is happening to someone else or even ourselves, we're supposed to take steps to try to fix it. Never does it say, hey, you know what? Thumbs up to that person who stuck around and took it all. That was never, ever a statement. And so one of the greatest things that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave us in our human nature is sometimes our impatience, our inability to to stay in a situation that doesn't serve us. But but it's important that we balance ourselves where we don't react 
we respond to those emotions. So what I'm suggesting for you to do instead is to number one, to not pretend that that thing that you feel between you and your spouse or you and the relationship of the person that you're with, if it's a parent, is not happening, is not happening. Do not believe that it's not happening in your mind and just push it down and busy yourself with your phone, with your work, with your studies, with your hangouts. Don't pretend it's not happening. And don't think that Allah doesn't see your suffering and don't think that you're supposed to stay silent and that means you're a good Muslim. Whoever strives to be patient than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will make him patient. And there is no gift that is better and more comprehensive than patience. That's great. But patience doesn't mean that we're supposed to sit and not take action. In fact, when the Prophet, peace be upon him, he saw the Muslims being abused and all type of difficulty in Makkah, in fact, he took a stand. He took a stand to make sure that everyone had their rights. Husbands have rights. <laughs> Women have rights. Children have rights. Everyone has rights. But do we know our rights? Do we know the rights of the others? And are we trying to maintain those rights within the limits of Islam? Now, sabr can look different depending on your situation. It can take different forms depending. When Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has commanded something, sabr means preserving in carrying out that action. And when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has forbidden something, sabr can mean restraining yourself against it. And when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala decrees something, we cannot change it. And sabr means acceptance without resentment. Now, what does that mean for you? and you in relationships, and you in your marriage. Well, at the end of the day, it means, first of all, going back to the basics. Understanding what your rights are, what his rights are, and where what boundaries are being crossed. Is it a cultural problem you have, or an Islamic problem? Is he not following Islamic rules? Is he maybe following cultural more? Or maybe he's following neither. Maybe he's, he's just doing his own thing and making up his own rules and what he thinks is okay or not okay to do within the marriage. These are things to really, really sit down and contemplate. I often talk with women on calls on these all the time when they call up and describe to me their situation and we talk about what's really going on so they can think about the best next steps for themselves. Another important thing to do in this time when you really feel like you're losing trust or you have trust issues or you just in general feel extremely oppressed or burdened by your situation is to complain to Allah and not to complain about Allah. It is such a huge difference. You know, in the Quran, uh, Prophet Ayyub said, I only complain of my suffering and my grief to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And I know from Allah that which you do not know. The Quran 1286. Now here's the thing. That could sound so contradictory. What I said, I only complain to Allah. I don't go to anyone to seek help. I don't go to therapy. I don't speak to my parents about an injustice that I'm suffering within my marriage. No. What we mean here is, after you've taken your due diligence, after you've taken action to try to discuss, seek help, rectify the situation. Like the other hadith said, maybe I'm going to an imam. Once you've done that, you have to put that trust with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to, for, to go through the process. There's a vital, huge difference between you know complaining about Allah, showing anger and resentment to why you're even in this marriage, why you're even in this situation, and you know, and there's also complaining to Allah, which is what the prophets did, peace be upon them. And they turned to Allah 
with just begging for help, open, open chests, just trusting this deep, deep trust. And they never relied on themselves to fix things. And during the year of sadness, when the Prophet, peace be upon him, lost his wife, he lost his uncle, you know, he went to Ta'if and he was stoned by children. Instead of giving him support, you know, when he went to Ta'if, the people abused him, peace be upon him, and violently pushed him out of the city. And many years later, when the Prophet, peace be upon him, talked to his wife Aisha radiallaha uh, that this experience was the hardest point of his life and 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 mentioned that to her but in the midst of all his difficulty okay after all he experienced what did he do he didn't go around like you know what i'm not really for this prophet thing this is becoming much harder and you know i could be doing something much easier audhbillah no he goes and says to you my lord i complain of my weakness lack of support the humiliation I receive from the people. Most compassionate and merciful. You are the Lord of the weak and you are my Lord. To whom do you leave me? To a distant person who receives me with hostility? Or to an enemy you have given power over me? As long as you have not, is not displeased with me, I do not care what I face. However, your athia your well-being, safety is more expansive for me. I seek refuge in the light of your face, which illuminates the heavens and earth, and by which all darkness is dispelled, and all matters of life, and the next are set right against incurring your wrath or being the subject to your anger. To you I submit until I earn your pleasure. Everything is powerless without your support. So what I want you to think about right now is this powerful dua that the Prophet, peace be upon him, is making complaining to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Turning to Allah for help. Turning to Allah in his time of difficulty. And, and despite this saying, you know, even though he suffered so much, saying, gosh, you know, your well-being is so expansive for me. You're so good to me. So ask Allah for help, but also take the steps of help for yourself. Ask Allah for afiyah. Not sabr. Afia is really just this well-being, this safety from calamity and difficulty. And it's mentioned in Al-Tirmidhi, where the Prophet, peace be upon him, said, Oh Allah, I ask you for patience, sabr. And the Prophet, peace be upon him, the man said this, the Prophet, excuse me, the Prophet, peace be upon him, heard a man saying, Oh, I ask you for patience, Allah. And the Prophet said, You have asked Allah for calamity. You have asked Allah for calamity. Rather ask him for athiyah, for well-being. So we know there is incredible reward in sabr in calamities. But we should never ask for calamities or never just only bear patient and be silent. This is not the way of the prophets or the sahaba. They always were incredibly actionable people. In fact, Islam would not be what it is today if they sat idly by what the Quraysh mocked their God, then mocked the Prophet, right? What did they do? They stood up, they took action. But the action they took was never from their own mind. They didn't go to random people and take random opinions from friends on their particular situations. They sought knowledge from people of knowledge. They looked to the Quran and the Sunnah for the answers. And the Prophet, peace be upon him, as their inspiration and leader. And while he's not here with us, he has left us a legacy. And it is all written down. 
And there are many scholars or da'is or people that can help you with your situation that are more than happy to give you advice. I hope today's talk was a food for thought. And I hope you can see that the keys to your happiness are in your hand and in Allah's qadr. And staying stuck and silent and not reaching out for help, not taking action, not complaining to Allah will keep us exactly where we are. If we don't learn how to do things differently, how will we live different? I encourage you to join us in all the things that we'll be doing on marriage. And if you need help, contact me via Instagram at mindfulmuslima. And if you want to reach my team or our website, we have a website, www.mindful-muslima.com. And our team, mindfulness at mindful-muslima.com. We have marriage challenges. We have free classes. We have free resources. We have full courses. However we could be at your disposal for your steps towards betterment, we encourage you to look within yourself and ask yourself, do I want to do this like this another day more? And if the answer is no, ask yourself last, what am I doing to change it? And when you think of where you can go for help that is trusted, just remember the name Mindful Muslima so we can talk to you about what is best for you in next steps. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make it easy for you, your task before you. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect you from all that is harmful and give you all that is good. Ameen ya rabbil alameen. Assalamu alaikum. I hope you enjoyed the podcast, ladies. And just a reminder that the links are below for the registration for the Marriage Boost Challenge if you will be joining us to learn more about guys and how to connect with them, their love languages, and to get the free Love Languages playbook that everybody gets who attends. All right, see you inside.